Shalom to all. Today's daf is Yerushalmi Pei Daf Mem Zayin, and we are starting about a quarter of the way into the Amud, right at the beginning of the Gemara. And in the Vilna Source Daf, it's just about halfway through Chav Zayin Amud Aleph. And today's daf is sponsored Lili Nishmas Mars Miriam Sar Basu Yaakov Meisha Her Neshama Should Have an Aliyah. Now the Mishnah told us how two Aniim, two poor people, how are allowed to exchange Meisher Ani with each other. And the Gemara continues, Tani Yefe Brisa Avu Benaya, father and son, Ishu Kroiva, a man and his relative, Shnei Achin, two brothers, Shnei Shotvin, two partners, Poidin Zelos and Meisher Sheni, they can be Poid each other's Meisher Sheni, Vinoyis and Zelos. Meister Ani, and they're allowed to give each other Meister Ani. We know that Meister Shani either has to be brought up to Yerushalayim and eaten there, or if a person can't schlep it, or if by the time they get there, it's going to get all rotten and moldy and spoiled, so they could transfer the Kedusha, the produce, onto money. However, when they're Paideh, when they do that, they have to add a fifth as well. Now, if you're Paideh, somebody else's Meister Shani, or somebody else's Paideh, your Meister Shani, that Chaymish does not need to be added on. The Chedish in this price over here is that even though a father and son are very closely related, or a man and his relative, two brothers, two partners, they're still considered like individual people when it comes to Meister Shani, and they could be paid at each other's Meister Shani, and they don't have to add on a fifth. And in regards to Meister Ani, it's the same thing. They're allowed to give each other Meister Ani. It's not like they're keeping their Meister Ani for themselves. Now, Omar Vudan, or Vudan says, A curse should come upon a person who gives his father Meister Ani. It's degrading that he's giving his father tzedakah. Now, the Gemara says, Omar, they said, nine. from where do you get to say that? We just quoted a Brisa that told us that a son is allowed to give his father Meister Ani. The answer to that is that if they're both Aniim, and the son doesn't have with what to support his father, so then it's not degrading for him to give him Meister Ani. It's only when he has with what to support him, but instead of supporting him with that, he gives him Meister Ani, so that's degrading. And the Gemara continues on Rav Yehuda V'chulu. Rav Yehuda Mishnah told us the following. If a person was hired to harvest a field, and he was told that you're going to get a third of the field as your payment, so he's not allowed to take like a chichen payah from the field. However, if he was told a third of that which you harvest is yours, so then he's allowed to take like a chichen payah. The Gemara asks, Ma miyoso, What's the difference between the second statement and the first one? They seem to be saying the same thing. You're going to get a third of that which you harvest. Why in the first way of wording it do we say he's not allowed to take like a chicken payah? And the second way that it's worded, we say he's allowed to take like a chicken payah. So my answer is Ella, what does a Baal Bias mean when he harvests his fellow? when you harvest the grain, So then a third of it will be yours. In the first lashon, when he hires him for a third of the crop, so it's Masha that he's being makne a third of the crop to him while it's still attached to the ground. Well, if he's kind it while it's still attached to the ground, so then he's not allowed to take like a chicken payah from it, because it's considered his land, his like a chicken payah, as opposed to when he says, after you harvest it, then you could take a third. So when it's being harvested, it's not this fellow's. So that's why he's allowed to take like a chichan peah. Now, Rav Rabban, he says, this tells us, that the seller could be zaycha in the peah that is being matir, his aymarim, his bundles. Now, what's this referring to? So we had a mission in the second parak that taught that if Reuven harvested half of his field and then sold the remaining half to Shimon, Shimon has to leave peah for both halves. And we had asked in the Gemara, is Reuven allowed to take peah from that which Shimon is now leaving? On one hand, why not? But on the other hand, since this payah is pottering his grain, maybe it's like his payah to some extent. And we know that a Baal Bayis, even if he's an Ani, is not allowed to take payah. So Chibarbon says that our Mishnah tells us that Ruvain is allowed to take payah. Why? Because we just said, this fellow harvesting the field is allowed to take payah, even though that payah is pottering the grain that he's receiving as payment for harvesting the field. However, Amar Abiyasi, and take out the words Barabun, that that's not a Raya. Taman, over there, Nishchai Vesudei Rishusai, his field was already Chai and payah when it was still in his Rishus. Before Ruvain sold 
sold the remaining half of his field, but he had harvested half of his field, so his field was ready chayv in peah. So it's very possible that over there we're going to be machmer and say that he's not allowed to take Shimon's peah. But over here, when his chayv is there, Rishusai, the field wasn't chayv in peah when it was in his rishos. In our situation, this fellow never had rights to the field anyway. He only had rights to the grain after it was harvested. So when it was chayv in peah, it was never in his rishos. So that's why over here he is allowed to take peah. And now going back to the Mishnah, continuing to explain Rav Yehuda, Rav Yehuda had said that even though this fellow is allowed to take like a chicken peya, he's not allowed to take Maeser Ani. Now, why not? So, I'm Rabbi Vobar Negri, Shani he belaket of Shechov Peya, like a chicken peya is different, Shehin Ba'aziva, because like a chicken peya or Ba'aziva. As the Pasuk says, La'ani Valagert Hazav Aisam, the while the field is being harvested, so like a chicken peya have to be left there. That Chiv applies only to the person that owns the land, and this person doesn't own the land, so therefore he's allowed to take like a chicken peya. However, when we're dealing with Maeser Ani, Maeser Ani applies to something that's detached from the ground already, not that something that's attached to the ground, and now this person received grain as his payment, that grain is chayv in Maeser Ani, even if he himself is an Ani, he has to give away that Maeser Ani. And moving on to Mem Zainon, based on top of the brand new Halacha, Halacha Hey. And the Mishnah tells us, Hamaycher a fellow sells his field, Hamaycher Motor Valakech Aser. The Maeycher now is allowed to take like a Chechem because it's not his field anymore, but Valakech is not allowed to. And the Gemara is going to explain what we're talking about. The Mishnah continues, Lo Yizkar Adem Asapayel Amnas Yilakit B'nai Achrav, a person is not allowed to hire a worker on condition that the worker's son is going to collect the leket after him. If this is not part of the stipulation, it's not part of their agreement when he hires the worker and the worker's son decides to come along and take leket, no problem. But for this to be part of the stipulation of the worker being hired, because consider like he's paying the worker with this leket that the son collects, and leket is something that belongs to the aniyim, and he's not allowed to use something that belongs to the aniyim to pay his workers. And the mission continues, someone who doesn't let aniyim come to his field to take leket, or he lets one come in and the other one he doesn't, or he helps one Ani get like it, he's stealing from the Aniyim. And all Zainamar says about him, don't encroach on the boundaries Aylam. And the way we read this word Aylam is Aylim, and we're going to explain the Gemara what that means. Now the Gemara addresses the first case of the Mishnah where Ruvain sold the field to Shimon. Ruvain's allowed to take the Leket. Shimon's not allowed to. The Gemara tells us, That's when Ruvain sold Shimon his field and the standing grain in his field. So Ruvain doesn't own anything over here anymore. So Ruvain's allowed to take like a Chechampeo. But if Ruvain sold him only the grain, but he kept the field for himself, so then neither of them is allowed to take like a Chechem Peah. In regards to Ruvain, I'll apply the Pasuk Sadcha, your field. As the Pasuk says, you have to leave Peah of your field, so it's still considered his field, so he's not allowed to take Peah. And Vetel in regards to the buyer, Ani Kairi, I apply the Pasuk Kitzircha, your harvest. And even though it's not his field, it's still his harvest, so he has to leave like a Chechem Peah, and he's not allowed to take it. The Gemara continues explaining the Mishnah, this is referring to the case of the Mishnah where he hired this worker with a stipulation that the worker's son is going to collect after him. So now the Gemara tells us, Im when the Mishnah a few lines later says, if he does so, he's stealing from the Aniyim, that's going back on this case that you're not allowed to hire a worker with the stipulation that his son is going to follow him and take the Leket. And who's stealing in this arrangement? Balabayas that made this arrangement, he's stealing from the Aniyim, as we already explained. And a worker that agreed to this arrangement, he's stealing from the Balabayas and from the 
Daniyim. Why is he stealing from the Balabayas? That's because since he knows that his son is going to be picking up the leket after him, so he's not going to be so makbid when he's harvesting, and he's going to allow more stocks to fall from his hand than usual, because anyway, his son's picking it up. So that's stealing from the Balabayas, and he's stealing from the Anim as well. And continue to explain the Mishnah we had said, And we had said that we're reading the word Oilam over here as Oilim. Now, what does that mean? So, Rav Yom Yosef, they argue about this. Chadamar 1 says, This referring to the Oilam Mitzrayim. So now, what does the Pasuk mean? Don't encroach on the boundaries of the Oilam Mitzrayim. The Oilam Mitzrayim were the people that came out of Mitzrayim, and they got the Torah, and the Torah has Chukim and Mishpatim, it has certain Gvulais that are set. This is what you have to do, this is what you're not allowed to do. So when a person acts improperly with Lekha Chech and Peya, he's encroaching on the boundaries of the Oilam Mitzrayim. Vacharnam, or the other one says, This is referring to people that went down from their Nechasim, meaning people that became poor. In other words, the Pasuk is saying, Don't encroach on the boundaries of those that became poor. Now you're going to ask, why is it that we're calling poor people Oilim? Oilim means to go up. And we're talking about people that went down from their Nechasim. So Gemara clarifies, We say about a person who's blind that he has a lot of light. We want to speak about him in a Mechobedic manner. We don't want to say he's blind, he doesn't have any light. We say that he has a lot of light. In English, that's called a euphemism. So it's the same thing over here. We don't want to say that this person is a Yared. He went down from his money. That's embarrassing. We want to dress him in a manner which is befitting. So we say he's Oilim, he's going up. I think Mark continues on Rav Yitzchak. Rav Yitzchak tells us, he quotes a Pasuk, Bring Aniyam Rudim, very poor people, into your house. And Amrav Avin, Rav Avin says, If you do so, if you bring poor people into your house, over here we could say it's referring to leaving like a Chechen I'll treat you, I'll consider you like you brought Bikurim to the Beis HaMikdash. Khan, it says over here, Tavi, bring the poor person into your house. In regards to Bikurim, it says, We're going to stop here for the day. Pick up tomorrow with a brand new halacha. For now, everyone should have a wonderful day.